Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brom Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at bromradio.com. Hello, and welcome to this bonus edition of the Screen Brum podcast. This is an extended version of our interview with Graham Humphreys. Graham is a freelance illustrator and designer, best known for his work in the horror genre. In 1983, British film distributor Palace Pictures commissioned Graham to create a poster for their UK release of Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead. The success of the campaign brought further commissions from Palace Pictures, including The Evil Dead 2 and the A Nightmare on Elm Street series. And that was just the beginning. Part of this interview was used in our VHS special show, which can also be downloaded as a podcast. Enjoy. If we start with, what do you, or how do you see your role within the industry? Uh, well, I guess I provide the face of the product. That would be the sort of, um, I guess, the business speak okay. um, part of it. But uh, I think my job is to, um, as with any posters, to um, sort of entice, I guess, though. It's like, you know, selling sweets to kids in, in many yeah. ways. I feel like a bit like a child catcher. Um, yeah, the idea is to, uh, I guess, take elements from a film and make them, you know, make the film look ex- as exciting as possible by you know rooting through the content and um, just lifting out stuff that you think will actually uh, make a, a great cover or a poster without uh, trying to give away the plots if you can yeah back then you, you, you had to um, just be wary that you want to you know hold back information so that you know people weren't going to just um, you know kind of know what, what the end was going to be as such and yeah, what the box yeah. was going to look like and all that nonsense which is odd because actually I think before that in the seventies, it was the other way around that actually you would have everything that was going to happen on the poster. Basically, I mean, behind me we've got Trapping the Krakatoa East of Java, uh, one of the first disaster movies, and okay. throw absolutely everything into that image there. Yeah. And you know, the same with um, you know the Poseidon Adventure, Towering Inferno, Earthquake. Yeah. Just threw everything at those posters, so you, you, you know there was nothing to hide at all. Yeah, but well, it's kind of I suppose it goes back to Vaudeville almost, and. Um, Perhaps freak shows in a yes. way, though you see the yeah. picture, this is what you're going to get. Uh, of course, the other thing is that quite often the picture would be better than the actual, you know, what you actually did yeah. get. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, with a painting, you can take, you know, have much more license to um, represent um, the imagery. And, yeah. uh, you know, again, that was part of the reason why, you know, illustrators would be employed to do the VHS covers because, you know, exactly. part of the films were rubbish and, yeah, the effects were not, you know, Usually very good. So yeah. The makeup would be terrible, and so you know the idea with the painting is that you can just you know, just mask over all of that, and actually just you know create the illusion of something far better. Than actually, what was that? Yeah. With the process, when I mean, you talk about you kind of picking iconic things from the story, did that come all you through pitches and kind of uh, briefs, or did you get kind of? Comes of the film to watch and yeah, that, usually well, the way it used to work is that um, when I was doing work with Palace in particular, is normally there'd be a set of stills which you know uh, publicity packs would come with any film okay. as part of um, you know a, 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 if a distributor picked up a film they'd get um, the poster which would go with it mm-hmm. unless they wanted to commission their own, uh, so there would be an available campaign which they could choose to use or not. Okay. Um, Mostly for, for for financial reasons, people would just go with what they were provided with. Right. So we had a lot of American campaigns generally, but um, 
Um, unless you know the, the distributor thought that actually it wasn't right for the particular audience yeah. in the UK, especially that you know they, I think it was thought that the sensibility was very very different, and yeah. um, and that's why they was commissioned different posters, which is why I ended up doing you know many of the things that I did. But so uh, you'd get a press pack, uh, which would be a set of uh, duplicated stills, you know, transparencies from a film, black and white stills, and often you get a VHS to look at a screener, uh, and. Uh, uh, so you'd work between the material supplied uh, and what you saw on the video that actually would mean literally taking a photograph off your TV screen of a okay, still okay. If, if that you know if that was the only reference you could find for it oh, um, or you just make things up which you know, a lot of people did actually <laughs> well I'd been to see Powers Pictures looking for work and um, they don't well I knew they had the video distribution company mm -hmm. At the time, they started to, uh, you know, uh, start issuing uh, videos, which you, you know, films that you couldn't actually see here otherwise, like the John Waters films, and um, oh, okay, okay. you know, some of the sort of splatter stuff, which um, wasn't available, and uh, you know, just odd stuff. In fact, their biggest seller, can you believe, was um, it was a, a Gary Newman tour video. Ah. Um, that, that, in fact, yeah, Micro Music, um, that was their biggest ever seller. That's incredible. Yeah. So they made a lot of money out of that. And uh, so they started at the distribution company, and Diva was the first film they released. I don't know if you remember that one, French film. Yes. And um, um, Cinema de Luc, kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was nine, but yeah. yeah. And then the second film they picked up was The All Dead, which they, because they, they all loved horror films anyway, though, and it's yeah, very much a, a sort of Scala fair. I guess they kind of thought, you know, it'd be something they could run at Scala quite often. It'd be yeah, a, yeah. a crowd pleaser for the genre fans. and. Um, so they didn't know what to do. They had that campaign, which was the American campaign. They didn't like it at all. The photographic thing, it was just it's very studio shots. Yeah, and they Even thought that um, you know, with their with the sort of stuff they liked, any of the sort of music they kind of liked, and after, uh, the original Scala Cinema in Goose Street had a fantastic jukebox, which Paul Webster, who was one of the main characters at, at the Palace Pictures at the time, yeah. uh, he used to pro uh, he used to um, choose the music for the jukebox and had the most fantastic selection of music. And uh, so they, with that in mind, I think that they, they kind of felt that um, they wanted something which was a bit more, um, it sounds a bit cliched and stupid to say it, but a bit more rock and roll, I guess, so in a way. Yeah. But something a bit, you know, a bit more mouthy and gobby, I guess. Yeah, so. edgy. Uh, yeah, so um, it was just coincidence that I'd been in a couple of weeks before, left some photocopies of the work, and they sort of phoned and um, said, you know, we've got this film. Um, you know, it was quite clear that I liked horror films anyway yeah. and had a few sort of horror images in there uh, but uh, yeah so on, on the basis of those images I left them they they thought that I'd be quite good to, you know, I mean it was a very very quick easy process because they, they were quite um, um, new to the whole commissioning artwork thing of course of course um, I mean I knew they were they said when I'm I said I'd seen um, the poster for Diva, I thought it was quite an interesting poster. Oh, yeah, we lost that artwork in a pub. They lost the artwork in a pub. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought well, that's going to go well. Then. Um, but anyway, uh, and I did keep on hold of mine, unfortunately. There. But um, they uh, said, well, you know, I, what, what we do here? I said, well, I, you know, I'll do a sketch, basically, and then you, you say if you like it or not, and we can move things around to do whatever you like. Okay. So I did a couple of sketches and um, some little uh, coloured pencil uh, roughs of sort of colour options on it yeah. um, which was so loose it actually didn't really mean anything but you know I thought it would impress them I'd done a bit more work than I would normally do and I just said oh, that's, that's great let's go and do that. it so I did <laughs> you know, very easy took about two days I think probably and then I 
went back and said, fantastic, and went off to the printer, and that was it. I, at the time, it literally came from looking at old posters from the sort of 30s, 40s, and 50s. Okay. Um, and so, th- you know, probably... Um, Probably some of the old Universal horror films, yeah. you know, which always had very colourful posters. Of course, the films are black and white, but you know, there's still that whole vaudeville thing. You had to sort of yeah. make it look more, really more spectacular. Yes, he was just pulling the punters and such. But um, so yeah, the, the colours were kind of quite um, very much based on the kind of fifties B movies. I think time, more yeah. anything else. So, but uh, I knew that um, I knew that if you used um, blue, it gave it a very natural kind of um, you know. Blues are sort of a uh, comforting colour for people to colour the sky and water and everything, very, very calming. And uh, so I knew that I didn't, I didn't want any blue in there at all. Okay, uh, okay, so it's okay. going to be really kind of um, disarming and um, unpleasant. So, you know, got the night sky there, but it's purple, not blue. Yes. Uh, so that's quite important to me. And then, you know, green, I always think is, you know, it's the classic horror colour. You think green zombies, green Frankenstein, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew that, that that was an essential part of it. And then uh, the, the sort of orange yellow thing was just. The colour which obviously works between those, though, and um, you know, quite jarring colours. But uh, I, I, you know, probably a lot of the early Hammer posters kind of use that kind of palette as well. Though lots of purples and greens. Yes. Um, so for me, they were kind of really good horror tropes. That um, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't interested in a lot of the slicker horror film posters at the time. I just wanted to do, you know, grubby kind of fifties <laughs> stuff. Though. Kind of pulpy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, stuff that would you know, still be interesting if it's badly printed, as, as I was saying earlier on. Though. Yes, and actually, the worse it printed it was, the better it kind of look in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, these, you you do sketches, and then um, present those to the client. And uh, sometimes, well, back in the day, I would quite often do color visuals, which would be sometimes painted as well. Of course, uh, because. Everything there was more time, you know. Then you know, there wasn't this urgency, which is now being brought about by the internet. You know, everything yeah. moved at a much slower pace. You know, sometimes they will can, can we adjust this a bit or change this or can we have this bit with that bit from that rough? Um, but yeah, once you have got the approval on that, then you just go straight to the painting. And um, you know, I think it was understood that painting is a painting. Once it was done, that's it. Changing it is an elaborate process. You have to paint over stuff, of course, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas now, of course, people just expect everything to you press a button on a computer and, done can, and kind of yeah, get what they want. Yeah. But um, you know, it's, people don't learn. Well, <laughs> uh, oh, the thing is, art directors then were a bit more aware of the process. I mean, they they, they understood that yes, you know, if you paint something, it takes time, and if you want to change it, that's a, another sort of time process. Yeah. And they would understand that they probably have to pay some more money because you know, you're using your time. Which you know, might be better, you know, might be otherwise spent on another job. Of course, yeah. So yeah, all, all of that was understood, but uh, it's not so much now, though. Really, no, it's, no, it's um, anybody who commissions edu- uh, illustration now sort of has a bit of a struggle to start with until they get to know their um, you know artists a bit yeah, better and yeah. they get to understand what the process is. Okay. Do you still work in, in the same way? I take it it's oil that you're working. Is it uh, the actual? It's it's gouache, gouache, which is a okay. do you know it's it's a, no, a water no, based no, paint. It's essentially watercolour pigments, okay. but with a, a white opaque base. So whereas watercolour is transparent, and you yeah. just get the white of the paint underneath, actually has the white within the paint. Oh. So it's um, it, it, it takes a while to get used to. I mean, I did all that, went through that process at art college, though. So course, course. I, I learned how to use the paint and how to mix the colours, you know, to not make them all go grey and brown. Yeah, <laughs> which is what you know happens if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 
because it's, it can dry with quite a chalky finish, so actually retaining intense colour is quite a skill with oh, gouache. Oh, okay. um, but traditionally it was used for advertising, like people used to paint you know, advertising um, signs and, uh, uh, or posters rather. Uh, it's very good at providing flat colours, just you know, very opaque flat colours. If, okay. if you knew what you were doing, you could get these kind of they're quite graphic looking things. Um, now I tend to use it as a mixture of uh, almost like watercolour sometimes, the normal, then sort of in its thicker form okay. to, uh, to create opaque layers. But um, it's very versatile, it dries very fast, and if it's on your palette, uh, if it's dried, you just add water and you can mix it up again. Okay. Whereas with acrylic, once that's dry, it's just a piece of plastic and you have to peel off the plate and chuck it away. Oh, uh, so okay, I, I, it's, you know, if you have no money as well, especially it's an economical way of working, you know. I'm not a rich man now, but uh, <laughs> I had absolutely Even no less. money um, in the 80s. You know, it was just it was you know a very very fallow period. But um, so you worked very cheaply, and you know, glass was cheap, and um, uh, I paint quite small quite often because you know use less paper. So it's you know anything you do to save some money. Um, so uh, was the Evil Dead the first thing that you'd um, kind of sold, and your would you say your first proper it was the first one that um, sure. I, I am happy with. Okay. There were a couple before which I was not happy with though. But that's the one which um, probably um, uh, probably sort of started the, the career I guess though in, okay, okay. in horror because um, um, you know I, mean, I, I just thought the film was going to you know, play a couple of cinemas perhaps Prince Charles yeah. and um, as did um, the Scar uh, uh, Palace Pictures. Well, they, they they knew they were going to uh, distribute it across the country. Just you know, selected cinemas. Yeah. But um, you know, it was more of an experiment, and it, I think the film was it was out there to promote the video, essentially, yes. which is what they knew about was video rather than film, uh, uh, theatrical distribution. Course, so course. so it, really, the film that uh, marketing was about selling the video. I didn't know quite know that at the time. Didn't quite understand it myself though. But um, so I put my efforts into the poster for the film. And then they said, oh, now we need the video cover. And I said, well, yeah, it's not the right shape. And I said, I know, what are we going to do about it? And I said, well, I have to repaint it, I guess, then. <laughs> uh, which I did, and I, I had very little time to do that in. So um, it's, it's, that's why it's a, a really terrible um, painting. But uh, the poster is what was intended, though. Of course. The, the, the video cover just thrown together at the last minute. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was all quite disposable stuff at the time. But, I mean, yeah, as I said, you know, nobody knew the film was going to be that successful. Of course, of um, course. Certainly not Palace, uh, and certainly not. You know, I think Sam Raimi was very taken aback though that it was because it was more successful here than it was in the states. Oh, okay. 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 They, they t took it on the roadshow, didn't they? There was some kind of roadshow, like you say, to promote the um, mm. uh, the, the the video. But what kind of at what point did you, after all that came out, um, was your kind of name solidified within the the genre almost? Was it was it did that kind of uh, it kind of wasn't really. No, no, not until um, I, I, probably not until, um, fairly recently. I don't think really. Things I don't think people, you know, some people would pay attention to. You know, they'd be interested in who did the artwork, and um, you know, if something looked like something that had previously been, they might join the dots. And think yeah, that's the same person. But for instance, nobody that saw the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff kind of would have related that to the Evil Dead because they were quite different styles. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, even even now, actually, sometimes people don't know that it's the same artist that did those. Um, so, so yeah, so for that reason, you know, I, I didn't really have a name at all, though. 
um, okay, okay. until much later. And I think literally, again, that's down to the internet as much as anything else, so that now that information is easily available. Yeah. So if people, you know, you do a little search and you type in a name, then you're going to get all the stuff. And I, I, I still, you know, I get it quite often. People say, oh, I didn't realise you did that, I didn't realise you did that. And, yeah, you yeah. know, sort of, um, they suddenly see that you do other things aside from the horror stuff as well. A particular artist that you were you were kind of yeah I think probably on. when I was at art college and um, when I was becoming aware of film posters mm-hmm. you know the the, the 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 big the big film posters well the thing is that all sorts of artists got used and you know I did a talk a while back and I ended up having to research you know my my own talk so I thought I'd better know what I'm talking about <laughs> so I was looking at all the different artists like you know this poster here Towering Inferno Side Adventure yeah mostly all done by different artists but then you had people like um, Drew Struzan, who of course developed his own style, which became you know very synonymous with um, films of the eighties. Um, he did all the um, uh, Rage of the Lost Ark posters, oh, okay, and, okay, okay. you know, very distinctive style, which um, went through into the Star Wars franchise and uh, uh, above and beyond, traveling to China and things like that. Oh. Then you had um, Amstel, who had a similar style as well, Richard Amstel, and um, uh, uh, Bob Peak, who Bob did Peake. things like uh, Spy Love Me. Rollerball, oh, okay, um, okay, okay, okay. again a very distinctive style of the Superman, um, that first Superman poster. Oh, of course, yeah. and then you know, you've got kind of this huge bricolage of of, of, of inspiration and, and yeah. so on, and then you're kind of just adding yeah. the little brush structure. Yeah, and, and, and of course the um, you know if you think about film posters, it goes back to you know that originates from theatre posters, and um, you know the, in a way that that those come really from book covers as well, though the earliest book covers. Ah. I mean, I, I always, you know, love saying that the, the the original horror film posters were stained glass windows in churches. That the churches were the original cinema, really, where you go to for your entertainment, weekly entertainment. That's um, You know, to get your hell and damnation, and um, <laughs> yeah. you know, the visuals because people couldn't read would be the windows, though, because they're bright and colourful, and that's what they're there for to, you know, uh, um, pull people in, though, with the sort of, you know, awesome. all these kind of pretty colours and shapes and things, though. But um, yeah, with these images, quite often, you know, you get pictures of demons and devil and stuff as well, yeah, though, yeah. as well as the sort of the happy angels and things. So, but yeah, so I thought, you know, th- those to me were always the original film posters. In fact, um, that was almost what was going on with the All Dead. Um, that I, you know, it was originally con- it's a window basically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, kind of, that's almost those colours actually almost like stained glass as well, though. Ah, that makes so yes. Who would have thought that God maybe do it? <laughs> <laughs> they always blame God. Yeah, <laughs> people in Gohara, they always blame God. Yeah. No, no, it's. I mean, just just looking at it now and kind of analysing it, it puts you. You are Ash as you kind of look at that. You're mm. you're w- w- within the cabin. Yeah, you know what I mean. You've got the, the kind of the uh, the Kandarian. Well, it all struck me when I watched the film for the first time. There was a lot of window stuff going on. People looking out or people looking in. Yes, in the, in the, in the sort of demons would keep popping up outside and. You always have this kind of, you know, grid of the window. So that's what I was kind of trying to emulate. No, very much so. I suppose it's 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 all about the, yeah. the spaces that the humans kind of take, and then yeah. you've got the 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 of, of the of the entity yeah. until someone's possessed, and then they're there. Yeah. So yeah, that's oh, fantastic. When I did that poster, um, I was quite keen to um, again take it away from the traditional horror film poster thing. Although, of course, I did. Plum for the blue light, but um, um, it, it seemed appropriate for the poster at the time, though, and also to take very it away sure. from anything to do with the Evil Dead, because Palace Pictures was very keen to say, "Look, it's it's not the Evil Dead. Um, you yeah. know, we need to make it look quite different to that." Though, so I thought, "Well, I have to go to the more traditional kind of colour palette." 
uh, nighttime okay. palette. But um, I thought, well, at least I can try and do something a bit exotic with it, though. So it was the work of Alphonse Mucker. He did a lot of poster work, screen printed poster work. Um, and, you know, in, in, in about the same time as um, artists like Toulouse Lautrec and such like those okay. French artists. Yeah, so yeah. It, his work is distinctively Art Nouveau. But there's something about his work which I really, really liked. And uh, there's another artist called Jules Chere who did a lot of um, screen printed poster work as well at the time yeah. um, and there was something about his colour palettes and just the textures and the way he you know you get these blobs of colour um, it kind of you know really really influenced um, you know, like, so all, all of this stuff you know the trees that's all kind of very much influenced by Jules Chere's work ok ok um, and uh, yeah and, and Mucca as well though. yeah of course so it's, for, it's just for me to kind of enjoy yeah really. yeah and you know, to try and experiment with um, styles and um, uh, and uh, just bring in the sort of pleasure I got from those artists' work into, into my own. Um, so is there something that in your kind of canon that you're most proud of that you'd like? If, if there was one piece of work that someone kept and put in a kind of capsule and sent to space, you, you would want it to be? Um... I'd be happy with Nightmare 2, actually. You would? Freddy's Revenge, yeah. Freddy's Revenge? Yeah. That's one, the one thing I didn't bring with me, and is, um, um, I've made a note here, I don't think Freddy Krueger has ever been better um, illustrated without blowing kind of smoke um, up your bum. I think, uh, I think it's t- absolutely terrifying. You've obviously got with with this, there's a lot of um, mystique. Yeah. Some shit was crazy. Yeah, because uh, he wasn't a known character then, so you know, it wasn't you know why, why bother showing him. And yeah. Also, you know, he, in, in many ways he was the monster which he wanted to reveal in the film, not beforehand. So of course that's why he's just a silhouette there. But yeah, in, in the um, for all its faults, I think Freddy's Revenge. Um, he's the set pieces when he's kind of walking through mm. when he comes into the real world. He's walking through the pool, uh, and that that whole first set uh, sequence which I'm sure was that the thing in your head that's right yeah yeah okay. well the thing is I thought the film was so rubbish that it's the only thing I, the opening <laughs> scene was great for us it was downhill from then on so I thought well, I think I can't, there's nothing in the film that is worth representing uh, except for that opening scene so that's that's why the poster is as it is she's <laughs> like Christmas Day for me of these can you tell us anything about Return of the Living Dead and the process with that? Well, you can see that stuff going on there in the background. Again, that's course, like Jules yeah. Sherry and uh, Mucker as well, though. Um, so, yeah, I guess with the, the, the Mucker stuff as well, I mean, I, I like the idea of, you know, creating some sort of grid or a frame, something which holds everything together. Yes. And with this one, I, I did I resist the temptation to keep it, you know, parallel, so I did tilt the tombstone, but that was always, you know, going to be a frame... And again, it's like a stained glass window in many ways. No, no. I, I mean, you can see it's like you know very defined areas here, which you know picked out with a, a very dark line, almost like leading in a window. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, again, without realising, I think that's what I was doing. I mean, I think that looks like a stained glass window. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I can yeah. see it. It's um, giving me a whole new lens with which to mm. see your work now. Mm. I haven't, I haven't spoken a bit about that. It's very yeah. strange. But also the, with the palettes, I mean, it's very much you know you've got the, the, the sort of uh, uh, this colour stuff going on at the bottom is all the green and gunk and nastiness, and then you know this very bright kind of um, rainbow across the top of these. Yes. Yeah, because they all had like you know, brightly coloured hair as well, so it's kind of just trying to create that kind of little um, burst of colour at the top, though, which you know 
just works as a frame around this. So you know, it's a very, it's a very formal kind of um, construction, I think. And then then the idea was to create this three D thing with the hand coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost kind of universal meets punk. Yeah, so absolutely. You well, you know, the, 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 the reason they used me was because they knew I liked the music, and um, and um, they kind of thought in the same light of the Evil Dead that I'd bring out that kind of sort of rock and roll kind of one hundred percent feel to it. Yeah. Well, I know why I did it at the time. I, I did want it to look quite cartoony. Okay. Because um, I thought that was the texture of the film. You know, it played like a cartoon, yes. and so the, you know, the colours, the colour palette was quite cartoony as well. Though, and I thought, you know, the the the, 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 the this, you know, the Tire Man was such a sort of great character um, you know there was no way he was not going to be the centre of, of, of um, the painting of course of and course. Um, you know I don't think there was any concern about you know revealing anything at all though I think it was just you know just sell the damn thing yeah um, which is what we did so uh... I've been reading a book recently called Dead Leaves a guy called Andrew David Barker about um, a kid just leaving college and he doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life knows he loves horror films mm. uh, and it's about him and his two mates trying to find a bootleg copy of the uh, there and there's a, there's, a, there's a chunk in there which I'm going to be reading on, on this on this show where he talks about seeing the front cover for the first time and everything that he promised but yeah it's this beautiful little paragraph where he, he, he talks about the kind of the grubbiness of it and, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the pulpiness which I think is it's all you know it's um he said he's the same. Well, it's like kind of gleefully grubby. You're right, though. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always hated slick stuff anyway. Though, so okay. So yeah, is, is there someone that you never got a chance to uh, work with or work for who, whose work you would have liked to have illustrated or kind of a director and um, musician? It, a question I get asked quite a lot is, you know, is there a film that you'd like to have done a poster for and you didn't get the chance? But you know, and um, you know that. That's endless, really. Though I always say, yeah, every Hammer film probably, but um, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, I, I did. I was actually asked that at the Fight Fest little interview with Emily Booth. Oh, okay. And yeah. um, she asked that question as well, though. And I said, well, actually, so I did uh, Evil Dead One and Evil Dead Two, but I, I didn't get to work on Army of Darkness, though. So, uh, so that, um, that has been now redressed because I've, I've done a version which is going to be screen print because I've did um new versions of Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2. Okay. And so just to complete that trilogy, we've... Um, oh, awesome. So, yes, yeah, so I have now actually officially... Completed version. the... Uh, yes, exactly. You've come full circle. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, your no, time. Absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.